Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God Okay, we're going to jump right in. So head back to your seats. Thank you very much. Make sure I'm doing everything. All right, at the end of service, we're going to have communion. I'll explain that then, but the cool thing about the way that we have the chairs in here is we're going to be able to do this without tackling each other. There's, it's going to be easier to get through. There's just a lot of really good benefits for what's happening. Next week when you come in, all of the aesthetic stuff, stuff will be done. So the painting, it'll all be done. It'll be cool. It'll be fun to have you guys here next week. So yeah, clap again. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to pray. Pray with me, please. Father, I am speaking today the second talk about diversity. A lot of people don't talk about this. And I think that's just because it's hard to talk about. I think we have a lot of ignorance in our society. I know I've been guilty of that. But I know that as I read through, especially the New Testament, you're always concerned about People who feel alienated, less than, or like they're not receiving what the others are receiving. You fight for those people. You stand by those people. You saw a planet full of people who couldn't accomplish for themselves what needed to be accomplished, who couldn't just work harder to get what they needed. And so you decided to insert your life into that, becoming flesh, and then doing the work, and then inviting people in. But it took you to be selfless and to step outside of just being king, to come and be with us, to show us, I came to destroy barriers. I came to bring groups together. I came to liberate, to destroy strongholds, to destroy injustice, systems that promote it. And Lord, I... You know more than I do that in our culture, it's very, very much real. So help us to be a church that embraces, but not only that, somebody prayed earlier, that celebrates diversity. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Um, bear with me. Listen, there's a reason why a lot of people don't talk about diversity in churches. Um, they're afraid they might say something dumb. I say dumb stuff already outside of talking about diversity. I have to look at my wife to make sure I'm about to not do something extremely dumb. Are you in here, Sarah? I need her today. Somebody's going to have to bring her. <laughs> I'm going to have to tackle her and make her sit in here. I already say dumb stuff. I'm already too loose-lipped. So today, my heart is that I not dishonor anyone. I'll be honest with you, though. My frustration typically is pointed towards my own kind. It's not pointed towards the other. And so... I don't want to sever ties with people who, like me, have experienced a lot of benefit just by how they were born. I don't want to just sever ties and, and start a fight and have people upset at me. I do want to start a conversation in this church that's just honest. We need honesty. Listen, diversity number two this week the reason we chose to plant in Smyrna, this was the main reason. We didn't, so a lot of my church planter friends were looking up how much are houses, how is the value of houses going up, what are the schools like. Those we didn't even, we didn't even look at. We, we, the first thing we searched was how diverse is the city. And so Smyrna, out of all the cities in Atlanta, is the most diverse. Did you know that? It's the most diverse. Whether it's Culturally, racially, or economically, income levels, there's houses making 15000 a year next to houses that cost $600,000. That's the, the hard part about Smyrna right now is it's harder and harder to get housing that's less money. It's just harder. Um, we struggle with that. You know, that's, it's not easy for us. And I know that we're probably middle class. So for people who are on the lower level, it's almost impossible. And so we looked at that and we thought, number one on our list will not be how good the schools will be. Number two on our list will not be how the housing value is going up. Number one on our list will be, is it a diverse city with diverse cultures and diverse people? Because we want more than any of that other stuff, we wanted our children to be raised in that, to understand that there are differences. And the city we came from, which is north, I won't say any names, was 98% white. That's just normal. And, you know, that's... To us, that wasn't okay. So we moved here. Um, and to be honest with you, the things we were hearing, the schools are bad. We're moving out. Stop. Right? That's why we're here. We are here because we want to be a part of what God's doing here. Christians are called to that. They're called to that. Right? That's what we're called to. So when we can, I'm, I'm excited. And, and there's never been a moment that I have not loved being in Smyrna. There's never been a moment. And I've loved it more than any other city I've lived in. And Sarah said that too, and she's from Yonkers, which is in New York. I'm from all around here. This is by far the best place I've lived. By far the most diverse. And I love it. I love it for that reason. I love, I love that our church, like Bill said last week, is the most diverse church I've ever been in. 
We're not saying that to brag, because honestly, God has to be the one that's doing that work, but it, it happens to be one of my favorite things. I love that, so cheer for yourself <laughs> if you're diverse. So, okay, diversity just means, though, very different things together. That's diversity, right? Unity, diversity, very different things together. So, in diversity, when you find yourself in a room or a place or a city with a lot of different things, one of the biggest questions always asked is, and this is an internal question, where do I belong in this? How do I fit in? And the issues start happening when people or groups start feeling like they don't have a place. When, by either a set-up structure or a not-set-up, quiet structure, the spoken language is, you don't have a place here. That's when things start to happen. That's when people start to act out. It's not good. If you don't feel like you belong, you run. I remember in the 1996 Olympics, I actually had an opportunity to work at the Omni overnight. You guys remember the Omni? It's where the Hawks used to play. Um, and we were there the night that Olympic Park was bombed. And we felt the explosions. We were doing night shifts. I, I had this plan. I was going to work two weeks, and if I worked like this crazy amount of hours, I had enough to buy a car. I did it and made the money. It was awesome. But that night, we heard the explosion, felt it go off, and me and my friend took off running from underneath the Omni, probably three stories down. We just ran until we saw something we could get out of, probably the dumbest thing we could have done. Like, let's run out of here and maybe get killed. Um, we took off. We couldn't get back in. I think of that like I felt I don't belong here. This is a dangerous place for me. I'm, I, and it wasn't like I had a, I just took off running. And I was super fast at this point in my life. We do that also not in physical situations, but in situations where we hear I do not belong here. Some of the most abusive, harmful, awful things are done when we express to somebody you don't belong here. Some of the worst feelings you can carry are when you feel like, I don't belong. I remember when I was in eighth grade, I was, I'm just going to be honest with you about my story, I always am. I was actually kicked out of an entire school county system for carrying a concealed weapon into a middle school as an eighth grader because I was super dangerous, right? <laughs> I was just trying to show people a cool weapon. So calm down. Um, I wasn't going to harm anyone. But I remember the only school that would accept me was a school, um, Mount Perrin Christian School, which was smaller then. And I remember going there, and it was a great school. They do some cool stuff. And I felt very different at this school. Um, I was a legitimate criminal at this, and I wasn't done being a criminal. Like, I was there, and they accepted me. And I, I, I excelled a little bit athletically. I'm not, nothing to write home about, but I made the JV team as an eighth grader. I was a pitcher, and um, I started hanging out with this family, and this family was really wealthy. Um, I had not been around wealthy families up to this point. Our family had money. We're lower middle class, I would say. This family was really wealthy. Like, I hadn't seen stuff like the cars they had. just wasn't my framework. Um, and the mom in this family always went out of her way to make sure that I knew that I was different, and I knew it. By the way she treated me around her family, the things she said about me. Um, and I was, I was somebody who looked like trouble, like legitimately. I just, that's just me as a teen. I mean, my parents are in the room. They can vouch for that. I probably wanted that, okay? Like I, that's probably something I wanted. 
But this person, an adult, made, made sure that I knew, you're not like my kids, and you are different. And literally, like, I've experienced this much in my life of that. Some people, that's their whole, from birth till now, right? I, I wanted to run. I, I literally still have hard feelings for that, for that person. I, I know, come pray for me afterwards. I need to be free of it. I get it all, please. You can save it. I get it. I'm just saying, like, when I think about it, it, as an eighth grader, it felt awful to feel like you don't have a place here. And for her to even make comments to me in front of her kids, like, you're not like my kids. How awful. Nothing feels worse than being shown you don't belong, right? It's hard. We were watching, uh, we were at the beach last week, working on the beach. And, um, <laughs> um, we watched the movie Goodwill Hunting. Man, who's seen that movie? Okay, that's not a Christian movie, guys. That was a trick question. <laughs> You're all going to have to leave. <laughs> Please don't leave. Um, so that's, that's historically been one of my favorite movies, and I don't know why I love the whole thing. Don't watch it with your children. There's, there's language in it that's um, not sanctifying. Uh, the message of the movie, I think, is really beautiful. I typically see it like that. I don't see that... Um, and in the movie, this character um, basically is raised in foster homes, tossed around, beaten, abused. Even one point in the movie, talked about people would put out cigarettes on his arm when he was in trouble. Um, but he was like super intelligent, right? Like smarter than even kids at MIT. He's figuring out problems and sneaking around and being like saying words that go along with that. Um, <laughs> By the end of the movie, he's gone through like four counselors because he's been abusive to other people. Because he has never belonged, the work that's coming through him is abusive. He doesn't really understand how to fit. He's never really found out how to fit. And so Robin Williams, it's actually sad watching the movie post what happened with Robin Williams, especially with some of the content that's talked about. But one of the scenes at the end is like he's at the end of his rope and Robin Williams like gets all up in his grill and he's like, listen, it's not your fault. And he's like, shut up, dude, shut up. And you can feel it. Like, I'm watching it with Sarah. I think Sarah was crying. She's like, oh gosh, it's happening. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want people to look at me because I'm also crying. I'm like, why are you crying? And he says it again, and he gets right up in his face. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. And then you see, um, who plays this? Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Um, and he just loses it, breaks down, weeping, just throws himself on Robin Williams, and they're just crying, right? And what's so beautiful about it is Robin Williams had nothing to do with why he was crying. He had no part in hurting him. He wasn't the one who put cigarettes out on his arm. He wasn't the one who pushed him away. He wasn't the one who gave him away. He was the one who stepped in when he didn't have to to help out. And that is what this society, this world, and Christ is asking us to do. Listen, there are some real issues happening right now. It doesn't just get better if people work harder and quit doing bad stuff. People have to step in and help out. People have to step in and listen. People have to be able to, to not get angry when Matt Damon is making fun of your wife, and she passed away. That happened in the movie. He did. Matt Damon lashed out, right? 
Like, this society needs people who will say, I'll take your punches because you've been put through hard things. And not personalize it and step in there and listen and then help out. It's not your fault. Listen, there are people in this room, you need to know, it's not your fault. Forgive, like, what I came from for having a part, right, in it. Because we did. And it's not all better now. Okay? I'm not screaming at you. I want you to go with me. It's not all better now, though. Just because we don't experience it from where we sit and we don't have to interact with it because where we are is safer and in a better neighborhood and with a better school and our housing values going up with all the other people who flee areas like that. Forgive us, right? Like, please. For, that's why me and Sarah came here to show that we want to be a part of this. Forgive us. It wasn't your fault. I don't know why in the world. I know that the enemy is evil. I know that Satan is a liar. He is a destroyer. He wants to, he wants to divide. He wants to place walls right in the middle of people and then have them fight. And Jesus comes and says, I'm destroying a wall and bringing together. The enemy wants us to hate one another. I don't know why in the early parts of our history as America that Christians accepted horrible things, slavery, abuse, you could kill people. I don't understand how that ever passed through. It did. It was there. It's not all cleaned up just because we don't see it and because things are written differently. We need Matt Damon's worst sermon illustration ever. My preacher said we need more Matt Damon's. And by that, I mean Robin Williams. I just messed up my own thing. So, my point. I'm, I'm not trying to jump all over the place. But, I mean, I, I feel bad. Badly. I also feel badly for the people in this room right now that just know that they know that there isn't a problem. And why don't we just get over it? My heart actually hurts worse for you. My heart breaks for you. That you can't see that this is real. It's very real. And just because we're in a place, we don't have to face it as much. I've never had to drive down the street and worry if I'm going to get pulled over for something. Listen, I was a 16-year-old who would drink all day. I would fill up a spoon with peanut butter and put it in my front seat. And if I got pulled over, I would eat the peanut butter, alcohol smell gone, and I would talk to the police officer, and it would be fine. I literally did that all the time. I've never had to experience what it's like to just worry all the time. That's real. Okay, that's not me just making stuff up and fanning the flame of, I promise, that's a real thing. So what do we do? That's not real. Listen, it's easy for Robin Williams to look at Matt Damon and say, you are an idiot. Stop running. But he didn't. He ran over. He said to him, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Cry on me. I'll cry with you. This is the message of the gospel. This is what we need, not just racially, economically, nationally. It's craziness. But the church is the one place. It's supposed to be the one best place where you look at someone and say, you are no longer an alien. You have exactly the amount of rights that I have here. I'm not better than you. You don't need to just work harder. Listen, ah, Sarah, I need you. I need you. 
My goal is I don't want to push the people away that are already not listening. We need you in this, right? We need you in this. We need your resources in this. We need your platforms in this. I have platforms that other people don't have. I remember when I didn't graduate high school, when I took a general education degree, when I got back from rehab on the other side of the country and wasn't done doing drugs, I remember that there were people who made phone calls and connections that were made that got me into an amazing Christian school. There are people that do not have anywhere near that ability. I remember when I wanted to go even farther to grad school. A couple phone calls were made to resources that I had, and the only reason I got in was because of those resources. Even so much so that when I showed up at the seminary, our connection was legit. They had a, a person follow me around the whole day to make sure I was okay. I, and I didn't even understand it. I was like, why are you following me around? I promise I'm not going to hurt anyone. And then somebody had to come tell me, no, because of who you were connected with, we're making sure you're okay. That is not a reality for anyone else. Does that make sense? So what do we do with that? I, I got like so much scripture here. Ephesians 2, 14 through 19. Let's read this real quick. I, I just want to say a quick statement. If you're already feeling your heart like, I'm so angry right now. Don't be angry. Come to the table. Come to the table with us. Let's do this together, okay? Let's, I don't want you to be angry at the content of what I'm saying. I want you to be a part of bringing healing. Christians are agents of healing, agents of reconciliation. We heard last week, we are called to reconciliation. We are literally, you are going to be reconcilers. You are going to be reconcilers. We are called to it. So that means we don't just say, there is an issue. We don't just say, yep, there's a problem. That means we go into it and do something with our very beings. We insert our whole lives into it like Jesus did our world, and that's how you bring change. If you're standing over here just chirping out all that needs to be done for them to be equal, whoever the them is, you're not doing anything. Does that make sense? I'm going to go over here. All right, Ephesians 2. Thank you, Jesus. 14 through 19. Actually, I'm going to read. Do you have 11 or 14? 14, okay. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one and destroyed the barriers, the dividing wall of hostility. There's literally, and I've talked to, there's literally a dividing wall in the temple in the Old Testament where if a person that wasn't a Jew went past it, they would be killed on the site. So there was actually a dividing wall that separated nationalities and, 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 and nations. And if you went past it, you were going to be killed. So this is an actual thing. Um, By abolishing in, the, in flesh the law with its commandments and regulations, his purpose was not to create in himself. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace. And in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far and peace to you who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by the Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer for... This is the message of the gospel. You're no longer a foreigner. You're no longer an alien, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. He's saying to him, whoever it is, in Christ, equal 
You have a space. There is no forgive churches for making walls that separate us because of whatever reason. He's saying to us, your brothers and sisters now will be diverse. It's beautiful. Go with me then to 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 6, 1. And I'm going to read this from up. Actually, I'm going to read this right here. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. What's the worldly point of view here? There's bad sides. Democrat, Republican. This, that. This is a worldly construct. There's no chapter in the Bible about Democrats and Republicans. Whether you think there is or not, I promise you, there is not. It is not there. That is a man-made created structure. If that is trumping your ability to love your neighbor, trash it. It's not worth it. Throw it away, right? And neither one to me is an answer to anything right now. You just need to hear that from me. That is a man-made construct. We buy into it at times because we believe if we can do these things, we're good Christians. No, being a Christian is sloppy. Being a Christian is being with those people. The way that you show your Christ is by loving the Democrat and the Republican. That's the way that you show Christ. There is no secret message from the Holy Spirit about how this person is, I'm just telling you, if you believe that theology from anybody, that is a lie. That is how televangelists make money. There is no special thing that's for this special moment. It's us. In this room, the body of Christ, we are the answer. That's why when we create a place for all to be alienless and not foreigners anymore, freedom, healing, reconciliation happens. We don't have to have it come through a person that's not even really simple. They're not even close. Like it's not even, it's laughable. It's not even close, guys. Wake up, please. I'm not going to say too much more. I'm sorry. I know people are going to be mad at me now. I'm just saying, like, we do this with our lives. This is how we love with our lives. We don't have to wait for this to happen. We do it now by how we love people. People are leaving the church, I know. I love you, I promise. I love you, I promise. I don't even know where I'm doing now. Where was I at? Sarah, I need you. I didn't read it. Did I read this? Okay, I'm going to read it. All right. So from now on, we regard no one through a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That's so crazy to me. A ministry of reconciliation. That speaks of something specific. Is that all of it? That to me is huge. It's a duty. Just for you to know, reconciliation is restoring to favor. So we have the job of now restoring to favor. And favor is not just restoring to normal. Restoring to good stand so that blessings come to others. That's our role now. It's not to pick people for our side. It's not to push people away. We are reconcilers called to it. Stop, please, building walls. Stop building walls. Walls are put up for a reason, right? A wall is put to divide. I love, I love this picture of destroying a wall. I love this picture of, like, that's just so good. 
But here's my challenge, I guess, to you, and I've got a little bit more. I'm still good on time. We can't remain silent. Listen, I'm not calling, I'm not asking all of you to, to be the thing you hate. I'm asking you to create a space where you can actually have intelligent conversation about this. As the church, we represent Jesus, guys. We represent Jesus. This is who we're here for. So it's, it's not my fault for whatever, whether it's a poor community, whether it's a minority, like, it's not my fault they are that way. It doesn't work, okay? And if you're scared, like, that's a big thing when I start thinking of this. When I start talking about my actual heart about the gospel, I know that I have to brace for people to come against it. I know that I have to brace for people to say, no, it's not that way. I know I'm going to get four phone calls after this. You know, Martin Luther King stood up, did some things, said some things, started a movement that's still lasting today. He lost his life for it, right? Promise Keepers was this big movement a long time. I think it still might happen. But in 19, this is so amazing to me. In 1997, they had their big, this one's focusing on race reconciliation. And it was the most they ever had come to an event. And a lot of weeping and a lot of togetherness happened. I was actually at that one. That was the only one I ever went to. And I was too young to enjoy it or even understand it. And I was still strung out, so, but it's cool now, looking back. But here's something interesting. Ever since that one, the attendance has dramatically dropped off. When people make a stand for things that really divide, the people on the good side do not like it. Does that make sense? So if you're going to stand for Christ period, there are going to be people who do not like it. And you have to be okay with that, especially if you know that you're carrying a message that is from him for others. That's part of it. Don't be afraid of it, though, right? Like, I want, I want us to celebrate diversity in our church. I hope in our city, I hope in our nation, I want us to celebrate diversity. But we have to learn. I want to read you Isaiah Chapter 1, verses 10 through 20, really quickly. This is, to me, always one of those passages that I read, and I'm like, good grief. He was either angry, or these are terrible people, because this is harsh. This is what it says to the prophet. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the law of our God, you people of Gomorrah. Just for you to know, this is a harsh cut at this group. He's saying to them, you were like the people that I destroyed because they were evil. So listen to me. Right off the bat, I'm like, this is already going weird for me. I don't feel like we're on good terms. And he'd be like, we're not really on good terms. I just called you like Sodom and Gomorrah. And then I'd be like, all right, I'm probably going to listen now. So I'm going to listen. The multitude of your sacrifices, so good for us. The multitude of your sacrifices, what are they to me, says the Lord. I have more burnt I have more than enough burnt offerings of rams of the fat and fatted animals. I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to appear before me, who has asked this of you? He's basically saying, you come before me, I haven't asked you to do that. I'm telling you something else. Who has asked this of you? This trampling of my courts. Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moons, Sabbaths, convocations... Your new moon, I cannot bear your evil assemblies. 
your new moon festivals and your appointed feast. My soul hates. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. That's hardcore. When you spread out, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. So this is what he says for them to do. Wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn. Everybody say learn. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Everyone say seek justice. Encourage the oppressed. Everyone say encourage the oppressed. Defend the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. And I'll read the rest. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they will be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best from the land. But if you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. It's talking about people coming together. Just for you to know, historically, they were gathering correctly according to the way that they should have. They, were com- they weren't like doing a half new moon and then we'll do like an old moon. They weren't like doing like a convocation and then their own thing. They were ga- doing these gatherings right. They were doing them right. They just did not care about the oppressed and the fatherless and the widow and those who weren't receiving. They just didn't care. So he said to them, those gatherings are empty and I don't want them. Stop doing evil. Seek justice that's an actual to-do list item that's not even like a thought like i can i'm a do list guy i can write that seek justice that's a thing to do where's injustice happening that's not even a word where's injustice happening where's it happen? that you have to start if you want to be a christian right now today it can't just be give me more freedom in the spirit lord give me more like, I'm all about that. I'm back there worshiping my guts out. I love it. But if it's just that, your new moon Sabbaths, all of this stuff, I despise. That's for us. Seek justice. We are on this planet to carry the message of the gospel, not to be on the better side of the fence always. That, our job isn't even to get everybody on our side of the fence. Our job is to destroy the fence. That's our job. So, so please, like this whole prosperity message too, like God wants us to have blessing. I understand it. We're the head and not the tail. I get that. But he's also called us to be servants and to wash feet and to not think of ourselves more highly than we ought and to be humble. Like the way that we do this is we get in there with people. We tear down walls. There are people who don't have the voice that we have. Mm. So today it is different for us. It's still very bad. It's harder, it's harder to be black in America. It's harder to be poor in America. That's the truth. That is the truth. That's reality. Me, a criminal. I was a criminal. You should have been afraid of me. I would rob you. I stole, I would go through entire apartment complexes and rake. I would leave with thousands of dollars worth of goods this 16-year-old white kid who didn't really have to worry. And that's probably why I raked so much. Listen, that's even a part of my privilege. I could skate my way out of it. 
We have to wake up, guys, and stand in there. And Listen, even if your big one step to learning is just listening and stop building walls to this conversation, that would be awesome for me. Just be able to listen and not start talking about what Rush Limbaugh said this week or what whoever the opposite version of that is said this week. Not start, listen, there are Christians who love Donald Trump. There are Christians who love Hillary Clinton. I don't even know why I said that. <laughs> I was going to go somewhere with that, but our job, that's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. Our job as Christians is, listen to me, please. We are called to be healers. Say that back to me. We are called to reconciliation. Our, you don't have to say this. Our churches have to be homes for diversity and for people who are alienated and need to be loved and need to be listened to. That's what we have to be. I need to learn from you. I don't know as much as I should know. You need to learn from me. We all come to the table and we sit at this table and the only most important, most beautiful thing is that Jesus is the head of that table and by his blood, all of it made, is made possible. We become a new creation. The two become one. This new kind of human, really an alien human, if, you're, if I'm honest with you, and we're really like aliens from another kingdom here, except for we're not here to suck people's blood and kill them. We're here to give people blood and free them. That's this new alien race. You can't be too alien for me. You can't be too misfit for me. You can't be too far for me. You can't be too poor for me. You can't be too different color than me. That if, if any of those things are too different, I'm not living the message of Christ. So we, we say, pull up a seat. Sit at the table. I'm going to listen to some stories that are going to be baffling and different. One of the things that Jordan's having to do for his seminary right now is he's having to visit churches that are predominantly black churches. And it's a different experience. It is. Like, we need to know. Like, that's just the reality. All white churches are a different experience for people who are black. It's just the reality. Did you guys know that? That this is not how every church is? We need to learn, right? We have to make a commitment to diversify at River City. It's very blaring right now. I understand that. I'm not okay with it. I want it to change. I'm praying that it, that's why we're doing this. We want, listen, our, everything, leadership, elders, everything. It needs to be diverse. That's the call from the Lord. So please partner with me. Don't throw in the towel. You who are over here, who are mad right now that we would talk about this and they just need to work harder. Don't throw in the towel on me or anybody else in the room. Come to the table. Listen, you who have been oppressed and you know it and you can tell me stories that, and that's the thing, like Sarah and I have been doing a lot of research. Some of the stories that people have to go through that are not white are awful, horrible, and they're real. They're not made up. That, actually, there was a poll done for evangelical white Christians in the Southeast and the common answer to, do you believe there's a problem of racism, was no. There was also a poll done for evangelical black Christians, and they didn't even have to ask 
if there's a race problem in the conversations, it's the common thread. It's real. Did I go too far, Sarah? I'm not trying to, I want to be, like, I want, I want to carry the message God has told us to carry. We have to come to the table together. People need to belong. People need to belong. God, that's like the whole gospel. In heaven, we belong so fully. I mean, I just see it. Like, we're in heaven, sitting in a field. I just feel like there's going to be a field somewhere, and it's going to be warm, and nobody's going to rob me. I'm not going to rob me. I'm sitting there, people are skipping by, singing in harmony. There's like birds. Otis Redding is singing. It's beautiful and like warm water. Nobody's hungry. We just are satisfied. We're singing together. Like, people want to belong like that. How can you make steps to help people feel like they belong? I'm not asking you to protect the people that already belong from the people who feel like they don't. I'm saying, how can you make the people that don't feel like they belong, belong? Somebody in here, you've got a basement that no one's living in. You're filthy rich. You've got like a whole house in your basement. Praying for an opportunity for someone that needs a place to live that has no place to live. I just believe God's going to break your heart and you're going to start to see healing come through that. Somebody here has got resources out of their mind and people need. And you believe the lie. Well, if they just work harder, then God's going to break your heart. You're going to be able to help people into reconciliation and walk them through the process. Somebody in here has been abused and hurt and harmed and racial awful things have been said. And, and injustices have happened and opportunities weren't available just because of the color of your skin. And you're going to be able to come to the table and forgive you're going to be able to look at, at people and say, I forgive you. And I just see this, God, this healing. We're agents of healing. This is a place of aliens all together. So Jesus, be that for us. So if, the, if worship would come up, um, we're going to take communion together, okay? So communion is really beautiful because if you look across all of our churches, it's the one thing we can really lock in on, right? We all believe that Jesus, raise your hand if you believe Jesus is who he said he was, and that he died and he rose again. That's big. That's the biggest, that's all of it. If everything we do doesn't lead people to Jesus, we're not doing it right. Jesus is the answer to all this. He is the reconciler. He is the alien. He understood it. He carried it. He died for it. And he sits at this table and he invites us and he says, come dine with me and have a seat. And the only requirement is, are you hungry? Are you thirsty? And if you are, he offers to, to us all of his body. And then he says, now look around the table. That's your brother, that's your sister, that's your brother, that's your sister, and you didn't choose them. I drew all men unto me, and this is my family. Are you okay with your family? If you're not okay with your family, leave your offering at your table, make it right with God. Because your brothers and sisters, you don't get to choose. So, Father, today as we come to your table and we take your blood and your body and we receive the forgiveness available through your sacrifice, it took you deciding, I will be completely selfless to bring healing to this. Help us see that, that picture. Will we, bring, will we be completely selfless 
to see healing come. But as we gather at your table, you offer freedom and you offer life eternally. You offer every good gift that's in the heavenly realms. And I do believe it's more than just a sign. I believe, why would you do it if it was just a sign? It meant something to you. It means something to us. Jesus, you are what we need. You're the only healing that can be had. We pray for healing in our city. We pray for healing in the racial tension. We pray for healing for people who are so poor that it's impossible to work out of the poor. We pray for healing for the people who are so rich that they think that they had everything to do with their wealth, that they would come to humility and realize that every good gift is from you. And even if it is through something we've done, it's because of something you gave us that made us able to do it. We want to make a commitment. I just ask you guys as we come to the table, commit with me that we will be celebrators of diversity. We will celebrate others different than us. Help us to be a place of healing. I just, I, I don't know if I'm even allowed to do this, but I prophesy over our church that we would be a place of healing, almost like a hospital for spiritual refugees, for financial refugees, for foreign refugees, for actual refugees, for every refugee and every alien and every misfit that we would be like healing balm, God. That they would walk into this place and find home and family and rest. That they could breathe out and weep like Matt Damon did. Just weep. Just weep. God wants, I just believe today God wants to let some people weep. If, if you feel like that's God leading, you just, just go with it. God, we allow you to just fill us with your presence. Let me just explain how this communion is going to go, okay? We're going to have a couple over here, and the way that we're going to do it is you're going to walk this way and go around. We'll start with you guys and then with you guys. We're going to have a couple up here. If you guys can come from your rows this way and back, this way, does that make sense? Back. Same thing over here is over here. If you guys can, how did I say it over there? Yeah, like that, right? All right, so if you're serving communion, could you please come stand in place? Um, they're gonna, for those of you who are new, they're going to actually hold the juice and then give you the bread. You t we did this once, and somebody walked over to the juice and just went, <laughs> which is like, game, you're the winner. Dude, he's free forever. Um, they're gonna, and then you take the bread, you dip it in. It's just how we do it. And then you can head back to your seat. And then we're going to create an atmosphere in here today for healing, which means if you're going to stay in this room, worship, maybe pray. If God puts someone on your heart, don't be afraid to go and pray with them. Uh, Father, we thank you so much for your body. Thank you that I was criminal and you accepted me. Thank you that I was harmful and you loved me. That's the truth. You brought me into your family and I'm the better for it every day. And I love you for it. Help us to bring people into the family today in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and um, communion will be available. Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.